This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Happy birthday, Taylor, and everybody welcome to episode 164 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. And we're technically recording the day after Taylor's birthday, but it totally still counts, right? Sure. The happy birthday message. Why not? kind of one of those things you can drag out for a really long time <laughs> extended birthday <laughs> we'll call it it's birthday week isn't it isn't that how that works birthday week well, yeah we got 13 days so that's like two weeks yeah but those 13 days ended yes, <laughs> so that's leading up to her birthday this is her yeah. birthday week now oh yeah. right right right. the post birthday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like well birthday month for taylor <laughs> yeah well uh, it is actually and Swiftmas, it, it, it like transitions from one to the other. Yeah, it does. Goes from Taylor's birthday to Swiftmas. But obviously, Taylor's birthday was yesterday at the time of this recording, December 13th. So happy birthday, Miss Swift, 25, big 2-5, quarter century. She's getting up there in age. She is. She's a little over the hill. I don't know how much longer she can keep performing like she does. I would agree with that. She's going to start like having to dance around with like a little cane. She, she might need like a walker or a wheelchair to come out <laughs> on stage getting up there. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> so, Sammy, what else has been going on in the Taylor news besides her birthday? Um, so, Taylor was a finalist in the Time Magazine Person of the Year. Um, she unfortunately lost to the doctors working to find a cure for Ebola, but it was an honor for her to make no. it as a finalist. Hey, Sammy, can I put yeah. you on the spot? Yeah. Because you and I had a debate over this, whether or not yes, Taylor actually deserved to be on uh, the Time Magazine Person of the Year finalist list. We did. So... I I disagree with you. You don't think she should have been on that list because you think it should be reserved for people who are, uh, I, I don't know. Can you phrase, I, I can't no, phrase I how you, not, you think. I, I think that she should have been on the list. I think that she does a lot for music. She does a lot for her fans and is just a humanitarian in general. Um, but comparatively to the other people nominated and to what the definition of the Time Magazine Person of the Year is, um, I just didn't think that she fit it. They have never had an entertainer before. It's always been, you know, either for good or bad, which is what Time Magazine uses their definition as. Um, it's based it's basically for good or saying, bad. You mean they do yeah, either here, a good thing or a bad thing that yes, greatly impacts like, the world? They're infamous for something basically that impacts the world. So it's usually some kind of politician or, um, you know, person. But here's has, what all. Well, well, he, hang Adam, on. Here's can can I go, Steve, or do you have something really pressing? I, well, I think part of it is maybe you should note I'm, some of the people that are the finalists to kind yeah, of give I'm an idea it. of what you're talking about. Um, it's basically what the person of the year is supposed to be is that it's um features a profile in a person, group, or idea or object that quote unquote for better or worse has done the most to influence the events of the year. So other people that were nominated this year included um. Russian President Vladimir Putin, the uh, Ferguson protesters, um, the Ebola doctors, and you know other people that have won. Uh, Barack Obama was nominated. Um, presidents usually win, and you know Mayor uh, Rudolph Giuliani won a couple years ago. Um, the Pope has won several times. Okay, well, Sammy, here's my counterpoint to you then. Um, 
you know, these are people who have impacted the world and it's been shown and displayed. I think where Taylor's greatest impact is on the world is behind the scenes. And a lot of people don't see it in the sense that like, since I've been a part of this fan base, I've seen comments, I've seen blog posts, I've seen all kinds of very nice words from people about how Taylor has impacted their lives for the better. I've seen people say that they were suicidal and Taylor saved their life. I've seen people say they had an eating disorder and Taylor saved them from that illness. I've seen people simply say they had a bad breakup and Taylor got them through that. So when you're saying that she doesn't have an impact the same way, she's not just an entertainer. Like you were commenting on the fact that only or no entertainers have ever made this list before and I think Taylor is so much more than an entertainer and that's why she was on the list I mean I would agree with that I just you know compared to the other people that have made this list she just has a very different impact than what Time Magazine usually looks for for person of the year it might well, be a slightly different impact, but that's why it's relevant. I mean, how is it not a substantial impact when she has literally saved lives? I mean, they, you've got the, the, the people that actually won where the doctor is looking for the cure for Ebola, right? Right. So they're saving lives in a different way. They're saving lives from a disease. Taylor is saving lives in another way. Like maybe somebody was, in fact, suicidal and Taylor brought them back. She's still saving lives. It's the same impact. But but that's not the reason time put her on the list, though. That's part of the problem that I have with it. The reason that she's on this list is because of pulling her music from Spotify. It's right, right on time site. That's the reason. I mean, they say that, you know, one of the world's top selling pop artists. But the reason that she's on there, it says right there, you know, is that she pulled her music from the streaming service Spotify. Okay, then my next point, how is changing one of the largest industries in the world not a substantial impact? No, it is. That's why she's on the list. But I'm saying the reason she's on the list is because of, you know, pulling her music and kind of bringing up that conversation about how streaming service, how the artist should be compensated. I mean, it opened that dialogue, which is very important, but that's that's where the focus of time putting her on the list is because of that well i mean i suppose impact in business can sometimes be as big as impact in healthcare, impact in which anything is, else which is true and which is why you know someone like mark zuckerberg was person of the year in 2010 but at the same time having her music pulled from spotify if honestly if she had done it in like january and like had had a conversation about it for an entire year then it probably would have had more of an impact. But, you know, and I think that this is the reason why, you know, people like the protesters in Ferguson, you know, didn't make it, it didn't end up winning is because it ended up, you know, it was something that was fairly recent. Whereas, you know, the, the Ebola fighters has been ongoing for months and months and months. Do you know what I mean? You might be right, but I mean, it's not necessarily an argument of of winning versus not winning. It's more an argument of should she have been a finalist. And I, my honest, truthful opinion said, is yes. I yes, think I would. Agree I think she, she deserved to be there. I would have. I would agree that she should have been. I don't think that she should have or had an opportunity to actually win. Well, she got on the cover of Time this year anyway. Right. So. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> I think another everybody person... that was on the short list did. <laughs> Adam, another person that, that made that list was Tim Cook. Yeah. One, one of your favorite CEO of Apple. Because, yeah, yeah, Apple. But a lot of the reason that he 
was also on this list is it's noted, you know, that he is the first gay CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So, the first outward. Yeah, he, he came right. out recently. And what's interesting is his comments on it. But uh, that's, uh, you know, sorry for another day. But it's, it's that definitely has a huge social impact because Apple's one of the biggest, uh, most influential companies in the world. Mm-hmm. So. See, that's interesting to me because as a, as a you know, normal person, I didn't even know that about him. Not that that makes a difference, but, you know. That, well, that's that, the point is I, he never made a big deal about it. List, yeah. His claim was that he was never actually in the closet. His coworkers and colleagues knew. Yeah. Uh, everyone around him knew. He it just wasn't like, "Hey, look at me. I'm coming out of the closet." He never made yeah. a big deal about it. Yeah. But that's that. Taylor was a finalist, like Sammy said. Didn't <laughs> didn't mean to spark an entire it. debate there. Actually, I kind of <laughs> did, but we still have more news items that Sammy has to cover. Um, so Taylor added a 1989 World Tour show in Ireland. The show is on June 29th, and tickets go on sale Monday, December 15th, which would be tomorrow from where we are recording. Um, but, you know, not necessarily tomorrow whenever you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> it could be today. Added- it could have been yesterday. could have been two like years ago. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, she also added a show uh, in Houston, Texas on October 13th. There was originally a St. Louis, Missouri show scheduled for October 13th, but it has been changed to September 28th for whatever reason. Um, the Houston show goes on sale December 19th, and the St. Louis show goes on sale sometime in January. I'm not sure when. I'm really sorry. But it's sometime in January. Um, and due to the fact that it sold out in, I don't know how long, but really, really short amount of time, um, Taylor also added a second Melbourne, Australia show on December 12th. Um, those tickets have already gone on sale and before heading to the Cosmo after party for the Victoria's Secret fashion show, Taylor attended a Broadway show, Cabaret, starring her friend Emma Stone. Was that it? That was it. Yay. Thank you, Sammy. (laughs) Thanks for all that good news. The calendar is really brief today. It is. It's sad. Like we have this whole big, long, giant thing and now we're at the bottom of it. It is, but the one remaining item is that on December 31st, Taylor's performing on Rockin' New Year's Eve live from Times Square. Yep. That's it for the calendar. Hope you wrote it down in case you can't remember, but uh, New Year's Eve, I'm sure, is a date you can remember. Don't miss that performance. Mm -hmm. So thank you for the news, Sammy. Thanks for writing the calendar, which I read. Sorry, did I steal that from you? I would have finished it, but it's all right. Did I steal your thunder there? A little bit. Oh, little I'm going to go cry in the corner. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, sorry to make I you cry. I just have water coming through my eyes. I'll be okay. All right. Now, of course, what Sammy read is not the only thing Taylor's had going on. We got a bunch of other stuff, but these things, well, we're going to we're gonna chat, uh, have an extended chat about them, like the Victoria's Secret fashion show, which Taylor performed in, what, earlier this week, last week? I don't know. Is Sunday the cutoff for the next week? Well, the performance is <laughs> last week because we talked about it last week well it, it aired, aired is more week. what i uh, aired on tuesday yeah so performance finally aired what did you guys think <laughs> really uh, really you admired her performance so much that you were just left <laughs> speechless I, I actually was i mean she she took it up a notch this year especially even compared to last year's and uh it, it, she was like so natural on the stage there. You know, people say about sometimes Taylor and her awkward dancing. There was no awkward dancing. She was just, you know, just everything was just absolutely, you know, 
to bring in a new song like style and it was just it was perfect yeah it was the first time i think she performed style live right no we were the first time to see well, her perform style live <laughs> well taylor said it was the first time in her interview about it so oh, i don't know if she lied <laughs> i don't know if she necessarily considers the uh rooftop uh, performance on release night of 1989. I don't know if she necessarily considers that a public performance, even though it, it was on Yahoo. Why isn't that a public performance? I don't know, because but Taylor said this is the first time I've done Style Live. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what she said. That's all. <laughs> uh, but she did perform two songs, Style and Blank Space. She was only originally uh, set to perform Style and added Blank Space after the fact, which is interesting because I think Blank Space was actually more fitting for this yeah, uh, venue. I understand why she was going to ha- uh, perform style, and my friend and I had had this conversation, like, I don't know, a month ago, like, when it was, like, first announced, I guess, um, that she was performing at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, that it would be really cool if she performed style. Um, but I think it's interesting that rather than performing her current single – you know, she opted to go with a song that was more fitting for what she was performing at. Um, I thought that was a really interesting choice. At least what she was... thought was more fitting, because the theme of it, of course, being style is more fitting. But yeah. the sound of Blank Space, as Lily Aldridge said, it's sexy, like right from the first beat. And yeah. I think that's definitely what they're going for with Victoria's Secret it is a sexy feel. And I mean, obviously, it's women in lingerie. They're going for sexy. Um and Blank Space, I think, was a more fitting sound, if not yeah. more fitting lyrics. I also liked, um, compared to um, last year, how her costumes, um, I mean, I understood why she wore what she wore last year, but I felt like this year they kind of made more of an effort to make her look more like a Victoria's Secret angel than a performer performing with the angels. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, last year she was in a dress that looked like something she would have worn on the Speak Now tour. It was sort of a silver, sparkly dress. And this year they actually put her in Victoria's Secret lingerie. It was a bit more modest than what the um, Victoria's Secret models were wearing, but... (laughs) was still um, lingerie I mean, last nonetheless. Year, last year the, she wore the silver sparkly dress and she wore the Union Jack dress, um, which both went with, you know, the themes of the section that she was performing with, which was the same thing as this year. She was performing during the Dream Girl sequence, and I can't remember the name of the other sequence. Um, but, you know, all four of the outfits matched what the theme of that sequence was. Um, but I, But like you said, I felt like this year it kind of, it was it was Victoria's Secret, you know, lingerie essentially. Um, so it it kind of made her fit in fit in more, but you know, she stood out at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. Now here's the million dollar question, Sammy, and this is why I'm glad we have a female <laughs> on the panel today. We're missing Diane, obviously, right? So the Victoria's Secret fashion show <laughs> has gotten criticism in the past for supposedly exploiting women. So given Taylor's recent. Um, I guess her initiatives in feminism. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. Her comments, her awareness of feminism, her promotion (laughs) of feminism. Does it surprise you that Taylor performed at Victoria's secret, not just once, but twice? No, it doesn't. I mean, I don't, I personally don't think that Victoria's secret extorts or exploits or whatever you want to say. Um, women, because you know, it's obviously our choice as to whether 
we want to, you know, wear that kind of lingerie or not. Like we don't, I personally don't feel pressured by advertising or anything that I have to look like the angels and I have to wear, you know, that kind of stuff in order to be sexy or be perfect or whatever. Um, But I feel like Taylor, you know, she's very comfortable in her skin and comfortable with who she is. And, you know, to be allowed to perform, you know, and I mean, obviously she does look like a Victoria's Secret angel, so that's not really an issue, but I don't, (laughs) you know, I don't really feel like she felt like she like almost like had to compare herself to, you know, the other angels and like anything like that. And I also think that it helps, you know, that she had so many friends that are angels that it was more to her. It was like, oh, I get to hang out with my friends and I get to perform some new songs. Then, oh, I have to look really sexy and compare myself to these amazing angels. Right. Well, you know, you're you're pretty on target with what I was thinking when I was asking that question. And that is that um, Taylor sort of showing I I guess she's she's playing to every angle in the whole debate on whether or not it exploits women in in the sense that, like, you know, she's very big on the whole be who you are idea. And, you know, she goes through Tumblr and when people are posting that they're sad about something. She'll pick them up like, oh, you know, I'm not beautiful. She'll say, yes, you are type thing. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I think the people that are criticizing the fashion show for exploiting women aren't actually asking the women involved. And I think the ones involved are very proud of what they do and they actually legitimately enjoy doing it. They're not doing it because the man is telling them, oh, you got to do this and be sexy and wear underwear in front of a bunch of people i think they're doing it because they enjoyed doing it. no yeah i mean they had a lot of clips and this doesn't necessarily have to do with taylor but it kind of does um that they had a lot of um clips during the show of you know basically like the casting process and then after that like basically talking to all the models um about like why they do it and why they want to do it and all that kind of stuff and um taylor's friend carly Kloss, who is victoria's secret angel um you know had this segment about how um you know she used to be a ballerina and you know being a ballerina kind of helped her um become an angel in a way and like you know she uses a lot of you know what she does from her ballet time to becoming an angel and you know taylor has talked a lot about carly Kloss and how i mean first of all she's brilliant she went to harvard she's a really really smart girl um and but also how she loves the fat you know the fashion industry she's proud of the fashion industry and she's proud of you know the model that she is not because she's like oh i have this banging body but you know you know because of everything that it teaches her and you know all of that kind of stuff that it's not you know they don't feel forced you know this is something that they want to do and i think that's exactly the part of it that taylor is supporting Yeah. And I think that another thing about, you know, Taylor being in the fashion show is that, you know, Taylor didn't she could have just been like, okay, put me in whatever you want me to wear and I'll just kind of stand here and sing and, you know, not really do anything other than whatever you want. But she clearly had a say in what she was wearing. She obviously had a say in what she was performing. And she did the performance that she wanted to do and that she was proud to do, not what Victoria's Secret producers wanted her to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, She was doing what she wanted. You know, obviously her outfits have grown up in the past year. And, you know, we've already talked about that she was wearing Victoria's Secret lingerie, but she was wearing it in a tailor way. Like she, you know, 
she obviously could have been wearing way less than what she was wearing. And I think that Taylor made a conscious effort to wear what she wanted to wear. You know, she, she knew it would fit the this segment but and the song, but she also, you know, made a conscious effort to be like, well, I'm going to wear what I want to wear, not, you know, this underwear and this bra because that's what looks good. Exactly. That's exactly right, Sammy. And now onto the performance itself. An interesting comment that was, I don't know if it was, was there like a runway associated with it? Is that where those interviews were that I see videos of? A run- uh, not a runway, I mean a, a red carpet type deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. Okay, because I saw a comment from Ed Sheeran about it being a unique setting because it's one of the few times that a performer can be up on stage doing their music and the focus is not on the performer. Yes. And something interesting to note about that is is Ed, I didn't watch his entire performance. I only watched a clip. And it seemed like... He only sang one song. Yeah. Well, I didn't see the whole song. <laughs> That's all I said. I didn't see his oh, entire okay. performance. I just saw a clip. <laughs> anyway, so from what it, it seemed to me from that clip, he basically stood at a mic with his guitar, right? Yeah. He didn't really walk around or walk up no. and down the runway. No. Where Taylor sort of did, and I thought that was interesting because... Taylor's such a dynamic performer that even when it's not her set, she still draws the focus in. Yeah, she was very into it. She, again, interacted with, you know, the models and not just her friends. I mean, obviously more with her friends than anybody else. But, you know, she's kind of become friends with a lot of the models at this point. So she kind of does have free reign of the um, the runway, so to speak. And, you know, her performance kind of spilled over into Ariana Grande's performance, who did you know, a very similar thing. Ariana Grande had dancers, first of all. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, but there was a clip before Ariana Grande went on where Ariana was talking to some of the models and, you know, she asked them if she could interact with them, um, if that would be okay. And they were all like, yeah, sure. Um, you know, so she did something very similar to Taylor where, you know, Taylor kind of, you know, high-fived and whatever else she did. Um, Ariana Grande did something very similar to that. Um, you know, it kind of, and it ended up working for both of them because it was, you know, it was different because obviously Ariana had her dancers um, and it was just a different segment totally. Um, but it was, you know, it, it definitely showed that, you know, Ariana was affected by how Taylor had done it previous last year and how Taylor wanted to do it again and that it, and that it worked. Um, to that aside, you know, it also worked for Hoser and for Ed to kind of do their own thing and not really interact with the models, um, where they kind of ended up being almost background music for the models rather than actually, you know, in the show, because obviously they're guys, they're not modeling lingerie. Well, Um, why not? I would love to see Ed in a Victoria's Secret, um, (laughs) get up there. Actually, I don't know that I would mind that either. But anyway, um, um, I was being sarcastic, Sammy. (laughs) I wasn't. Um, And, uh, you know, so it kind of all four of them, it it worked to their benefit to however they wanted to do it, whether it was interact with the models and feel like they were part of the show or, you know, whether they were almost the background music to the models walking. I I would almost say that's the difference between having a female performance versus a male performance though because i mean in the past i think if you get too much into that like if ed was interacting that kind of stuff sometimes it would almost come across as creepy yeah i could. I, th- I, would I think agree. that's the problem is there's a very fine line that's especially for a guy performer 
where that can change in an instant. I mean, I know Justin Bieber did this show a couple of years ago and you know, it kind of Justin times. Bieber has no limitations. Though. Well, well, he was that's also true. a child then. Like right. he was definitely under the age of 18. Like was it that long ago? Yeah, I think so. It was like 2010, 2009. Mm, I don't know. I don't think it was that long ago. Hey, mm. Steve? Yes. Remember before we started recording when Sammy claimed she had nothing to say about Victoria's Secret Fashion Show? Yeah. I Who's dominated that. the conversation thus far? It was Sammy. Yeah. I, I, I actually was about to ask you if you were even still on the line. I heard him laughing. I knew he was there. <laughs> um, you know, the thing that I would say to that to what Steve just said, you know, if you watch her performance from last year with um fallout boy you know she is very much interacting with her, with the models during that performance and um patrick made the effort not to um he walked the runway so it was a little bit more interactive than um hosier and ed but you know like steve said it 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 definitely bordered on creepy so you know he kind of stayed away from the creepy side of the conversation right that was 2012 by the way it was really oh. a long time ago as sammy said <laughs> What was <laughs> Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber was 2012. Yeah, Sammy, you're you're a little I off there. He was definitely over 18. I don't know. It was like 19, 19 something. <laughs> Sammy, so he was what 20? That's still really young. So, so really, really, just so everyone knows, there everybody has a purpose on this show. Sammy's is to just spit things out of her mouth, and Steve is to Google and fact check her to make sure what she says is accurate. <laughs> Or prove her wrong when she's okay, inaccurate. Well, how old is Justin Bieber? I don't know. He could be 20, in which case he was 18 in 2012. No, I think he's like 22 now or something like that. Steve, you got to fact he's, check me on this he's one. He's 20 now. right now, actually. See? He was 18. He's only 20 like... right now? Yeah, March 1st, 1994. See? I was right. He was 18. Hmm. Actually, he would have been 17. He wouldn't have even turned 18 yet. Hmm. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, in in summation, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I think Taylor's performances were great. And, you know, I really do think to counter any critics' points of this show, I think Taylor did it for all the right reasons. She did it to promote um, her music. She did it to support her friends. And, you know, she did it to support a show full of women who are not exploited but do what they want to do because they love doing it. So, on to Jingle Ball. Was this the final Jingle Ball? Yeah. The final Jingle Ball of three? All Jingle Balls? <laughs> Which no one commented on, but yeah, it was the final Jingle Ball. Final Jingle Ball. So, um, what was the set list, Sammy? Um, she performed Welcome to New York, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, Blank Space, I Knew You Were Trouble, and Shake It Off. So, three off of 1989 and two off of Red. Right, and she cut Love Story. Which she had performed at the other two. Hmm. And did she do Welcome to New York at the other ones? No. She only did Welcome to New York in New York. Okay. So she substituted Welcome to New York for Love Story. Right. When compared to the other two Jingle Balls. Got right. it. Now, the only reason we, we wanted to discuss this, because the, the performance was pretty straightforward. It, it was yeah. her performing one outfit, didn't have a whole huge set. She had her band and everything, so there's no, not much to talk about with that. She had some pyrotechnics, which was cool. Yeah, but it was more or less standard. Um, yeah. But I think just the coolest part to note on this, why we brought it up, is that it actually 
crossed the midnight line, so it became her birthday while she was on stage, and she gave a little speech about it, and it was just, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, before she turned 25, right before she sang, um, we are never ever getting back together, um, she, you know, she was like, you know, all of these artists on stage have been awesome, and they're all my, you know, inspirations and my friends, um, and they've all told you to you know, shout really loud, but I'm the only person that in 10 minutes is going to be turned 20 to 25, and I'm the only one who's going to tell you to scream because I'm turning 25. 25! <laughs> and then during um, Shake It Off, she, or uh, after I Knew You Were Trouble, she was like, well, I guess I'm officially 25. Um, and then during Shake It Off, she was like, it's my birthday! <laughs> um, the one thing that I want to know, and I don't know if this is because because I didn't watch any of the other videos, although that's not true because I did. Um, then why do you that, say you didn't if you did? I, I don't know. I just thought I about can't that. I Google like, the answer to that one, Adam. <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's no, a blatant lie, Sammy. I did watch them. I thought I didn't, but I did. Um, during I Knew You Were Trouble, she um, decided to involve the her horn line, um, which I hadn't seen her do. And I thought that was interesting. It was that, a that very was awesome. You know, that rather was than just having my favorite parts. I agree. Um, you know, rather than just, you know, having them kind of stand in the dark, you know, they were very into it. First of all, they were dancing the entire song. And then she made a point to have them have their own little section. Um, and I just thought it was kind of I mean, I would say that it's probably reflection onto what we might see of a um, I knew you were trouble performance on tour, which we talked about a little bit last week. Um but I just I thought it was a really um, interesting choice for her to, you know, sort of combine the Red era and the 1989 era and, you know, make them feel like they're they're part of it rather than, you know, having them stand off to the sideline in a song that they weren't originally written for. Well, that's right. what she's always done with um, tour performances when she plays older songs is sort of updates at the very least them, the set and sorry no, it wasn't it wasn't remixed it wasn't it wasn't remixed because the one thing is she could have easily taken the song and instead of making it kind of a little bit with the dubstep she could have switched that out for the horn part but really the dubstep part and the horn part were right on top of yeah. each other and well, it actually Steve, i'm not i'm not saying cool. it was remixed i'm just saying the performance itself was updated it was, but a lot of times what she's done in the past is she's kind of completely reworked a song to, you know, give it a, a totally new element. And this was kind of actually a more of a mashup, I guess, is a better yeah. way to say of how this occurred. Yeah, but I knew you were trouble and we are never getting back together. Don't need to be changed the way Love Story was to fit no, in with her could. pop thing. She, right. Mean... But that makes it more of a mashup and less of, you know, a total redo to make it, hey, how, how can I make love stories sound more pop? You know, it's not I like never that. said I knew your trouble was redone. I said it was updated, the performance. Well, I was just clearing up that it was to the point of a mashup, not more <laughs> of a, a remix and a new kind of thing. Okay, Steve. Thanks right. for that. Gotta but be technical. No, <laughs> the, the reason we do like looking at these performances very closely is to get hints on what's going to happen on tour and speculate on that. And of course, like there could be somebody who's now listening to this as an old episode where the tour's already out and they're like, these guys are idiots. They didn't know what they were talking about. But, <laughs> you know, we're just having fun and guessing, right? Well, absolutely. And, and you don't know how things are going to happen. One of the things that she pointed out right before she actually sang I Knew You Were Trouble was she said that um, last year's Jingle Ball she ended up 
performing that song for the first time and based on the audience reaction she knew that it had to be a single and then it became a huge success for her so which one i knew your trouble yeah yeah well it's a good song it's a very good song but that that's shows how much that you know fans have an impact on what may become a big hit and what may not so yeah. right now speaking of taylor's 21st 21st 25th birthday going back in time now adam i know i just i miss the old taylor so much i just i love the yeah, new taylor 20, and i love the old taylor i want like a, a mixed new old taylor her 21st birthday was not a good birthday mm, whatever <laughs> was it i okay okay relax so 25th birthday <laughs> following jingle ball she had a star-studded birthday party in new york city with her brother. Yeah. Among a lot of other people. Her oh, childhood friends, Brittany people. Mack and Abigail Anderson, were there. Carly Kloss was there. Jamie King. A uh, million other people. Beyonce, Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, Ansel Elgort, Selena... Is, did I say that? Elgort? 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 Yeah, I think so. Selena Gomez, Sam Smith. A um, ton of people were there. It looked like Heim a lot of fun. Was there. Steve, you were there? No, Heim. Oh, oh, yep, oh. Heim was there. I thought you said I was there. No, no, no. I no, missed no. the I said Heim, Heim was there. Part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it looked like a lot of fun. I think highlight of the night was Justin Timberlake wearing a poop emoji mask. <laughs> where, where does one get one of those? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's call up uh, Justin Timberlake and ask him. 1 800 Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> is that his phone number sammy yeah i have it i've had it you know since 1998 <laughs> is that a real number what 800 justin timberlake no oh That's i thought well i thought maybe it could have been one of those you know back in the 90s when it was cool to have those like fan things where you could call up and it would be like a recording of the like it would be hey this is justin timberlake thanks for being <laughs> my biggest fan no i don't remember that oh the good old Cheesy. days but, you know, anyway, so it looked like a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you guys have any comments on that. There's a lot of pictures going around, so it's definitely worth looking into trying to find some of those pictures. Um, go ahead. <laughs> do, we, do we want to bring up uh, what we were discussing? Yes, we do. Episode? Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. What, what, who was discussing? Was I out of this conversation? No, no you, you were, were in there. this conversation. <laughs> go ahead, Steve. This was going around on Twitter. Unfortunately, I don't know who started this one, but it was very important. Um, and we funny. Don't, we don't say the K word on this show. Mm-mm. However, it was brought up that Jay-Z and Beyonce came to Taylor's 25th birthday, but they didn't even show up for the K word's wedding. Steve, I'm going to use naughty language for a minute and clarify because there are a lot of new listeners out there. The K word stands for, pardon my uh, my language here, but it stands for Kanye. Oh, oh, your ears, they burn. I said the K word. Ouch. No, but yes. that's, that is pretty funny to note because, um, you know, I know it's going way back in time, five years ago, uh, to when Kanye stole the mic from taylor up on stage and that was the result of him feeling that beyonce's video should have won video of the year at the mtv video music awards over taylor um so it is interesting to note that that beyonce and jay-z were at taylor swift's birthday party but not kanye's wedding 
So it shows you who they're more supportive of. Well, I mean, let's be real. Who's a better person in general, Taylor or K-Word? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Beyonce seems like like a, a good person. Jay-Z I don't know much about, to be honest. I just know he's got 99 problems. Um, and uh, you know what one isn't them. one of them. Adam isn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Um, but, I mean, that's pretty cool to note, and that is actually really funny. So, moving on from that, a big event that happened is Billboard Women in Music Luncheon. Taylor received her, what is it, the Billboard Woman of the Year Award? Yep. Yep. And gave a phenomenal speech following her introduction by a member of our own Swifty community, Gina. Who you guys will remember, Taylor went to her wedding shower. When was it? April. April. Back in April. Gina's a long-standing fan of Taylor and actually got to introduce Taylor and give her the award and gave a beautiful speech about, um, you know, how Taylor's transformed over time and all the good that she's done in the world and for her fans. And what a cool experience for Gina and, and what a cool experience for Taylor Nation in general to have one of our own represent us at a moment like that. Yeah, I thought it was um, really interesting and, you know, very poignant and, you know, it shows, you know, what kind of person Taylor is that rather than having, um, you know, a billboard representative or an executive you know, even, or a an fellow executive celebrity, or even one of her friends do it because um, she had her friend and performer Ingrid Michaelson perform um, a song before Gina went on. Um, and, you know, Taylor could have had Ingrid introduce her. Haley Williams was also there. She could have had Haley do it. Um, she could have had many other people do it. And Taylor wanted a fan and she wanted Gina. Um, and I think that that, you know, it shows a lot about how much Taylor knows that her fans mean to her and that, you know, they're not just, you know, quote unquote fangirls, that they're, you know, they have a lot to say about Taylor, that they have very you know, important things to say about Taylor and, you know, that Taylor wanted to trust a fan with that job, you know, says a lot about Taylor. Um, And, you know, that she chose Gina says a lot about Gina also. And by the way, I'm very impressed with how confident Gina was up on stage. There were little moments where, where she seemed a little nervous and I'm sure she was incredibly nervous nervous on the inside, but she (laughs) delivered that speech like a pro. I would be nervous. In that entire room with all those celebrities, all those executives, Taylor, Andrea, I would be freaking nervous. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But like I said, it was so cool that a fellow member of Taylor Nation got to represent the rest of the fans in the community. And and on that note, something kind of sidetracked, but something I've noticed in this community is so many people. I just want to clarify, Taylor Nation is us, the fans. Um, A lot of people refer to Taylor Nation as Taylor's management that runs the Taylor Nation 13 account and all the all the social accounts and things of that sort. But the name came from the fact that Taylor's fan base is Taylor Nation. Also known as Swifties, but Taylor Nation just makes it sound cooler. Taylor Nation. (laughs) So let's jump into Taylor's speech herself. I thought it was a very interesting and also very appropriate place for her to address the music industry changing again. And talking about, she of course hinted at her Spotify thing. I find it also fascinating that every time Taylor addresses streaming, she never mentions Spotify by name, ever. She just talks about the streaming model in the music industry and things of that sort. And, And, you know, 
she's talking she basically was talking about how she's very aware that the industry is changing and is always going to change that goes for any industry not just music and she's open to change in progress but she's not open to a financial model that that allows for the streaming companies to keep all the money and, and the artists and producers and writers don't get fairly compensated yes so I think that was a very it well I mean Billboard is like one of the premier music whatever's you know what I mean Billboard and Rolling and I, Stone so I it, think it's, that it's sorry sorry no I, go ahead I was just gonna say that it just seems like an appropriate event because you're in a room full of music executives in front of Billboard and and that gets out to all that message gets out to all the right people yeah I I agree with that but I also feel like and I mean I don't know that. Taylor took this into consideration. She probably did because she's a very smart person. Um, but, you know, we've talked about this in the past couple weeks, but Billboard just changed um, how they, um, like... Oh, how they calculate the yeah, and, top and hits and stuff. streaming now. And it's very interesting that, I mean, first of all, it's interesting that Taylor is still able to be number one on Billboard Hot 100 and number one on... Um, you know, album sales, you know, when she's not being included in the streaming anymore. Well, hang on, um, Sammy. Hang on. She that's not entirely accurate, though, because she pulled from Spotify, not from all the streaming softwares. Yes. But I mean, you know, I'm not saying that she should be down. I'm just saying that it's, inter- you know, you know, since that they've changed that, she's still up there. Um, but, but, you know, but, I the, feel- but the music isn't actually like the stuff that's still on the other streaming services is previous albums and that's how it's always been that yeah. after her album had been out a while then they'd put it out available for streaming so for that to count like for instance if we're talking about where blank space fits on you know the charts blank space is not something you're going to get on one of those streaming services right. so it, they're not getting numbers from that okay right. that's a fair She's point also um, but, you know, my point is that, you know, she wasn't being accusatory towards Billboard in any way, but she clearly is aware that Billboard just, you know, changed how they do their um, their their grading. I don't know what well, it's called. Well, Sammy, you're also uh, addressing two separate arguments there, though. One is about Hot 100 hits and, and rankings on the charts. One is about chart rankings, and one's about compensation. What she was addressing is not that streaming isn't the future. She understands that. She just thinks that streaming needs to come up with a better model to compensate the artists right. and producers which is, and which writers. Is, which is fine, but my my point is that I'm trying to make, and I've been trying to make for about 20 minutes, um, is that... Well, spit it out then! Oh, I'm trying! <laughs> um, is that, you know, she is aware that people in that room are the ones that made that decision, and, you know, she's trying to tell them, obviously she understands, like Adam just said, that, you know streaming is going to happen but it's a matter of changing how people are compensated and billboard are the people to address that as they just changed how they do their grading because of adding streaming in there you go that was my point oh so your point after the last like half hour was that billboard and taylor are on the same page that they know the industry is changing yes excellent i just said it in one sentence sammy (laughs) (laughs) i love giving sammy a hard time this is why I didn't want to record. She's like, I didn't want to record today. Adam's mean to me. Yeah. He's yelling at me like 6 a.m. I've been up since 6 a.m. It's 12.30 in the afternoon where you are. <laughs> Gosh, we're always on two extremes. Either we record really late or really early. Yeah. Man, I'm tired. 
Let's all take a nap. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's the- no, I'm kidding. That's not the end no. of the episode. Um, but one of the coolest things, and I'm going to quote Taylor directly on this one. Go for it. Because it was just such a powerful message. She said, I just really feel, sorry, this is off the topic of streaming and onto another one, by the way. Um, she said, I just, or I really just feel like we need to continue to try and offer something to a younger generation of musicians because somewhere right now, your future woman of the year is probably sitting in a piano lesson or in a girl's choir today, right now, we need to take care of her. Yes. That's probably, I would say that's her most quoted line from that speech. And it's because it's one of the most powerful lines. And, um, you know, I, I just thought that was a great message because Taylor has a way of always taking when she's the one in the spotlight being honored, she's humble enough to sort of pass it on to the next person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, this was kind of her way of saying, like, this is wonderful, but we need to focus on the next generation now. Right. Yep. So, Absolutely. I, I don't know if you guys have any other comments on that. No, I, that's that's a great, great quote. Yeah. So that was that Billboard's Woman in Music, Women in Music Luncheon. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, our 2014 Billboard Woman of the Year. Now, isn't she the only back-to-back winner that they've ever had for that? I don't think she was back-to-back. I think the last one was two years ago. The only person that's won it twice. Yes. Okay. Only person that's won it twice, but they weren't back-to-back. I think it was 2012, 2014. Okay. That was 2010, 2014. 2010, it was that long ago? I think it might have been. Steve? I might be wrong. (laughs) Do I need to verify this? Theme of this episode, Adam and Sammy screw up and Steve fact-checks us on Google. (laughs) (laughs) So while we wait, Sammy, how was your day going? I haven't done much today. <laughs> 2012. Ha! Ha ha! She looks so young on that cover, though. It was 2012. I was gonna say it was not that long ago. She looks so young on that cover. Y'all Google that cover. You're gonna be like, no way is that 2012? Like, it was 2012, Sammy, because it was you know it was um, Red album year and 1989 album year. I thought it was like. Now, album of the year. So, congrats to Taylor on her award. Of course, it was a beautiful speech, um, awesome speech by Gina as well, introducing Taylor. Yay, go both of you. <laughs> Actually, I think it was 2011. What? Ah. Well, I don't know. Like the Google start when it starts filling in stuff at the end. There said 2012, but... which would have been for Speak Now. Aha! I was right. Wait, no, 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 no. What, what is this, Steve? Billboard Woman. Of the year, Taylor was, Swift. Right, because the it came out December 2011 is when the Aha! magazine came out. So I was, you know, this one came out in 2014. So I'd say, yeah. Let's see. What is going on here? There's the picture. When was it? Hmm. It says December 2011. Sammy, you said 2010, though. I did, yes. but look at the, you know, it was for Speak Now. It wasn't for Red. Well, if you take the year I offered and the year Sammy offered <laughs> and you average them out, it comes out to 2011. So if we if we play at it that way, then I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to cover my butt now. I was busy gloating against Sammy, and I was also wrong, apparently. <laughs> 
Thank you to Steve. As was I with the Googles there, at least at first. Even Google was wrong. I feel better about myself now. Right. All right. So, you know your Swifty win submitted by you guys out there. Sammy, can you please give us our first one? Yes. The first one is from Olivia Wyman 2016 on Twitter. You know your Swifty when you're doing your trigonometry homework. And the answer is 1989.043791. I think it's a coincidence, (laughs) but still cool nonetheless. Uh, this next one comes from Twitter from Tara McCarran, and it's you know you're Swifty when people message you wishing Taylor a happy birthday. That's funny. <laughs> that is really funny. All right, Caroline on Facebook said you know you're Swifty when you wake up out of a dead sleep and start singing because Blank Space is faintly playing on the radio. Whoa. That, that, that's, that's that Swifty sense kicking in. Oh, that's funny. I, I can just picture you there, like rubbing your eyes, just like I've got blank space, baby. <laughs> and I'll write your name. <sighs> um, the next one's from Evan. Evan Holmquist on Twitter. You know you're Swifty when music money randomly starts disappearing from your bank account during the 13 days of Taylor. Ha! I'm glad Sammy read that one. <laughs> Who does that sound like, Sammy? I don't know. I don't have 18 boxes sitting on my floor waiting to be unpacked. Pretty sure Sammy ordered every single of the 13 days, every single one of the 13 days. No, that is not true. I did not order. Oh, sorry. 12 out of 13. You you didn't wait till the last day and get your... I was talking about it! Yeah, Uh, nobody knew there was going to be free shipping the last day, Steve, and that everything would be available. I knew knew that there would be free shipping. I did not know that the sales would be the same, and I should have just waited. (laughs) Then <laughs> I spent about a hundred dollars in shipping. Right, <laughs> they'll have to change that up next year because everyone will—they'll be like, "Why is nothing selling these first yes, exactly. twelve days of Taylor?" They're all waiting Everyone's for day thirteen, the <laughs> day and then there won't be any sales, and they're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> this next one comes from Carter uh, via email. You know, you're Swifty when you're listening to the most recent episode of Taylor Talk and wondering slash hoping that there's a Taylor Swift fan club. That is something, uh, well, now might be a bit dated, but, you know, two years ago, that would have been so cool if there was, like, you know, because back in the day, I was a member of the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen fan club. I had You a would. Mem- I had a membership card. I had, you know, they sent you a little package in the mail, and it came with their 8x10s. That's and- so 90s. Like, join the fan club. Um uh- well, you know what? I, I would say that the updated version of the fan club would probably be Taylor Connect. So it's it's I, I think Taylor Connect is a pretty cool idea for what it is. And it's, of course, a part of TaylorSwift.com. It's her official fan forums. You get to go on there and, of course, create your own profile and things like that. And you can enter in discussions and talk with fellow Swifties about anything and everything to do with Taylor. So I would say Taylor Connect is definitely like the more modern version and carter if you're not already on it you know go check it out for sure taylorconnect.com or taylorswift.com and click the taylor connect button one or the other all right next one jillian on facebook said you know you're swifty when your marketing professor tells you to think of taylor swift during your exam because taylor is a marketing genius ain't that the truth i pretty much use taylor in every reference She, she steals all of our money she knows how to sell stuff Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's an interesting point, too, that the professor brings up because one of the things I personally, because I have my degree in marketing, um, one of the things I've always 
admired most about Taylor is that unlike a lot of other artists on the radio, she's not just an artist and musician, but she's also a brilliant business person as well. So that's definitely worth noting as a a significant part of her career. There's actually been recently a lot of articles out on Forbes and in Inc. and all these prestigious business publications, like five marketing lessons you can learn from Taylor Swift and uh, things like that. So Definitely accurate statement by Jillian's professor there. And the last one we have is a voicemail from Scarlett. Take it away, Scarlett. Hi, everyone at Taylor Talk. My name is Scarlett, and I'm from Australia. And you know that you're a Swifty when you ditch school so that you can stay home and buy your pre-sale tickets for the 99 World Tour, which I'm so excited about. And at home, I'm at home right now buying my tickets. So, yeah. Oh, no. At least it's Taylor this time making you uh, ditch school, not us. Yeah. (laughs) I know we've had people in the past be like, oh, yeah, I got in trouble at school because I was busy listening to Taylor talk. I'm like, no, that's not what we intend this show to do. But that is true dedication, Scarlett. I hope you got your tickets. I truly do, because I know, Sammy, you mentioned up in the the news segment that the Melbourne show sold out really quickly, and they had to add a second. Yep. So, don't know, Scarlett, where in Australia you're from, but hopefully you got your tickets, and it'll be really exciting to get to see Taylor on tour. Yes. So, thank you to everybody who sent those in. Please keep them coming for future episodes. You know how you can reach us, taylortalk.org slash contact has all the methods there. There's a ton of ways you can send in for these segments. Of course, voicemail is one of them. And something I think people have forgotten, actually, is that you can actually text message us to area code 24031SWIFT. We haven't gotten very many text messages lately. Actually, we haven't gotten any text messages lately. I think people forgot about it. Text us. It's fun. (laughs) Standard text messaging rates apply. Good thing you you had that disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) You can also email the host separately if you want to do that now. Well, Sammy, we're not at the contact part of the show. I know, but you should say that too. Okay, everybody email Sammy at taylortalk.org and tell her how much she talks. Yes, do that. (laughs) I bet you're going to get at least one. At least one now. Sammy, you talk a lot. My fans really like me. Fans? Who do you think you are? (laughs) Taylor Swift? Yes, I have. Sammy's what? <laughs> Sammy has a total of one fan, and her name is Sammy. <laughs> wow, way to make me sound stuck up. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time, Sammy. I'm sorry. You've yeah, been my, you've been my punching bag Sammy, this entire episode, and I sincerely apologize. <laughs> I do. So, one last segment before we get going, though, and that is what are Swifties listening to, where you guys share what you've been listening to lately, besides Taylor Swift, of course, and we can share it with the rest of the audience. So, Tony emailed us and suggested everybody listen to a song called Bones by Alex G. And um, this was, I actually enjoyed it. It was rather catchy. And this is uh, the first single off her album that came out in September 9th. And, um, you know, we'll definitely get that music video up for you at taylortalk.org slash episode 164 so you can check it out. And I do recommend you check it out. From what I can tell looking at her website and and things of that sort, I believe she's an independent artist. That's what it appears to be because on, like, her Twitter account, for example, her contact is just a standard Gmail email address like alexgmusic at gmail.com, something like that. 
but those are some of the best artists really they they really can be so i would recommend checking it out if you get a chance so Thank you for everybody who tuned in. One last thing before we go. I know I said that was the last segment, but we got some special thank yous. We got Nicholas Robert and Jesse Camp 89 who all left us five-star reviews on iTunes. So for that, I say thank you very much. We appreciate that a lot. And, um, you know, I don't want to pressure anybody into giving us five-star reviews, although I kind of do. But I don't at the same time. Uh, Give us any type of review you think would be beneficial to the show. Let us know if you love us. Let us know if there's something we can be doing better. And you can, of course, leave us a review on iTunes by going to taylortalk.org slash iTunes. And that's a shortcut. It'll take you straight to our iTunes page. So we'd appreciate hearing from you. We appreciate uh, criticism as long as it's constructive criticism and not, I hate you guys. You guys suck. Don't leave us that, please. That doesn't help it us improve. Sad. It hurts our feelings. It makes Sammy cry. It does. It really does. I don't cry. I have a heart of rocks. Huh? I don't know. It was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> I, I, a heart of ice. There we go. Okay. No feelings. Okay. <laughs> well, if you are brand new to Taylor Talk, I hope you enjoyed your first episode. For those of you who are back, thank you for joining us again. We look forward to seeing you in future weeks. For episode 164 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam. Sammy. And Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Taylor. Happy birthday, Taylor. And don't forget Happy to email Sammy. Day. Sammy at taylortalk.org. Email me. Oh, and to be clear, it's S-A-M-I. Yeah, Adam kind of messed that up. (laughs) I didn't mess up anything. There's only one M. Yeah, but not on Twitter, so everyone gets confused. Oh, well. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.